Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say, um, there we go. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> we figured it out. All right. And yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> How, How are, are you, you, Mike? I'm doing well. Good. good. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. And sorry about the last couple of times. Just things happen. Don't even worry about it. I completely understand. Things are happening with me too. So, you know, it's understandable. Uh, so you're in Woodstock, New York, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. That your is this your house or your studio behind you? Uh, this is my home office. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I should have. Yeah, I should have. I should have done it from my studio, but this computer is a little newer. So, <laughs> hey, I'm in my kind of office home too. So I right. completely understand that. Yeah, when I go out to the studio, I get no reception out there. So mm-hmm. we'll both pretend like we're business folk here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're here with Mike Dubois. Am I saying your name correctly? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. And uh, Mike is an amazing artist. I wanted to have you kind of describe your work because I I know it's kind of indescribable. Like I would say it's trippy, it's colorful, it's witty, it's psychedelic, it's kind of, it's a little bit surrealist, but um, would you say that's on or or how would you describe your work? Yeah, all of those and with a little bit of, um, you know, cartoon thrown in there, some of it, but I also do oil painting as well. So it kind of- Oh, nice spans a few different genres. The commercial work is a combination of um, kind of old school techniques. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I scan drawings into the computer and then manipulate them and, uh, you know, colorize them in there. So there's a, there's a real cross breeding of, of styles here, but yeah, I'd say surrealistic, psychedelic, uh, somewhat cartoonish sometimes. Um, yeah. You know, some, Sometimes I get thrown into the visionary category. I, you know, go to these electronica places and paint, do live painting. So I kind of cross genres in another sure. way. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think anybody who's been alive for the past, whatever, 20 years will recognize your work if they look at some of the albums you've done. You work with a lot of famous bands on album cover work and even merchandise, stuff like that, right? Yeah, a lot of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you worked with uh, Ryan Adams. 
He's a personal favorite of mine. Oh, on, on merchandise. actually, no, I haven't worked with Ryan Adams. Oh, really? No. I mentioned the one person that you haven't worked with. <laughs> yeah. I got, yeah, I got it right here. I said, uh, Ryan Adams. Oh, weird. Okay. Maybe, well, maybe, I ha- maybe I have. Let me see. I got a list here, too. There's been so many over the years. I might have done some yeah. promotional graphics or sometimes I lose track, in all honesty. I, you know, might, did, that's I, did a it good say problem Ryan Adams on, on my roster? I'm yeah. sorry. I, I may, <laughs> very well may have. but um, Maybe it was like Ryan Adams and the Cardinals or something. But mm-hmm. um, that's great. That's a good problem to have, to have so many people that you've worked with. You're like, ah, I don't remember. Who's, <laughs> who's Black Sabbath? No, uh, <laughs> I wanted to just read a list of some of the bands you work with because uh-huh. I, I definitely cannot remember them. We've got the Grateful yeah. Dead, the Almond Brothers Band, Neil Young, Hot Tuna, Tom Petty, Fleetwood Mac, Black Sabbath, Jerry Garcia Band, Michael Hedges, Robert Plant, um, The Wailers. We've got Levon Helm, who you your album won a Grammy, right? One of the albums yeah. you... Yeah, yeah, the Electric Dirt album, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later, but yeah. I want to just reference that. Um, Bob Weir and Rad Dog, Santana, The Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, you know, just keeps going on. You know, just a few little known... I know, that list I actually have to add to. I, I, I just, I was looking at it the other day because I knew I had a couple interviews coming. I'm like, oh, I forgot this person or that. But all good, you know. <laughs> well, if you have anybody you want to drop now, please do it. <laughs> so I wanted to, well, first of all, never been to Woodstock, New York. How How is it over there? How's the art scene? We're What's having life? a big uh, artist poster show um, May 14th and 15th at the uh, Bearsville Theater here that I'm organizing. Um, oh, that's cool. I mean, not that you have a reason to come out, but if you did have relatives or something, you could coordinate it with that, you know. Yeah. So what's, what's Woodstock like? Is there a good, I'm assuming there's a good art scene. I know there's been a musical history there. Yeah. It's actually a small town in the mountains and that's why, um, you know, all the musicians and artists have come here for eons, really. It started as an artist colony at the turn of the century and then evolved into several artist colonies in the mountains around here. And Mm -hmm. then, um, then a big festival took place in 69 and that brought in a whole nother group of musicians and artists. And it just keeps evolving. Now there's, you know, a whole cross section of artists, musicians, actors, actresses. And, but it's a small town, really small. It's like, you know, in the off season now, there's only like 3000 people. Here. Oh, that's cool. It's yeah. nice. I went to high school in a, in a valley. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Sun Valley, the Wood River Valley in Idaho. It's kind of a ski town. But uh, I've been through there, but now. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's similar, though. It's just very few people who actually live there. But a lot yeah. of celebrities kind of come in and out. There's a vibrant kind of art scene and music scene. Um, I'm sure Woodstock probably is a little more. Were you around for the debacle in the 90s? I was. I was at uh, both 94, which wasn't a debacle, and then 99, which was an absolute nightmare. Uh, Crazy. I had, um, you know, as an artist, we'll talk about this stuff probably because I know you talk about it on your podcast, how an artist makes a living and survives in this world. So I've always done that since I've, you know, been in high school. But I was actually at Woodstock 99. I had a big booth vending my shirts and art and all that oh wow we lived through that whole debacle and uh i actually had my video camera there and documented the whole thing it was it was a close call though because we had a lot of money and product and people just rioted and 
were burning everything and it was uh it was complete chaos at, did at the you have end any sorry did you have any art that was destroyed no i i had a crew that was there working for me and um <laughs> to defend our space we all picked up these poles these tent poles that that people were throwing everything it was it was like a complete war zone so I had my crew pick up these tent poles and stake themselves around our booth to guard our stuff. And oh we managed God. to keep off the, the masses, you know, that were like. I'm, 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 I'm envisioning like a Lord of the Rings you know, type you can look thing. look on YouTube and see it, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm old enough to remember. I wasn't there, but I'm old enough to remember uh, seeing it all in the news and everything. But um, right. I'm, I'm kind of envisioning like a Lord of the Rings type thing, you know. Again, off like, you yeah. shall not pass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool yeah well we so managed to keep the people away they they were literally tearing apart atm machines right next to us smashing them with pipes and all kinds oh of, i was like oh my god where am i you know yeah what happened to woodstock it's supposed to be peace and love right yeah well you know that year if you look at the history of that festival it was 1999 and there was a lot of very aggressive music booked at the show as yeah. well as, you know, some mellow stuff. And there was a, a, a lot of different types of music, but uh, it was also very, very hot and it was on an air force base and it was all like tarmac. And there was a whole number of things that led up to the, the fiasco, but. Um, That's nuts. It's almost like foreshadowing of, of what was to come, you know, the craziest yeah. coming into the two thousands, you know? It was it insane. Was. Well, so I always start off with uh, origin story because I always think of like as artists, a superhero. So I would love you to start uh, how you got into art, like how, how you know, how you started out drawing, whatever you started with and take as long as you want. Go ahead, as many details as you want. I might interrupt you because you kind of have a fascinating story here. Start wherever you want. So, you know, uh, as a child, I, you know, always enjoyed drawing as a lot of artists do. And um, back then there was no video games or cell phones or anything to take us away. So I always like, from a very young age, even even in grade school, I mean, and uh, you know, as far back as kindergarten teachers would say, stop drawing or, you know, and pay <laughs> attention, you know? So I was always like doodling on stuff and drawing cartoons for my friends and all that kind of thing. and. Nowadays, they would love you with the cell phones. They're like, oh, keep drawing, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I, I always drew and, you know, I, I got little um, jobs in the school newspaper in junior high school and doing posters for bands that were around, you know, local little bands and things like that. And then I started doing some T-shirts for local bands when I was in high school and, uh, posters and graphics and you know we used to use a uh, handmade silkscreen presses and stuff oh like yeah that sure we, in our basement back in high school and uh and then i went to college and i took um visual arts at i was here uh, in the hudson valley at, at suny new Paltz, so i took mm -hmm. a whole cross-section of art classes and that was um a real arts community it still is about two hours north of new york city and um great art school, but took took a bunch of art courses and went to New York City a lot and just soaked up the culture and um, continued doing posters for uh, bands in, in the college town that I was in, as, mm -hmm. as well as um, starting my own company in college, which was a graphic arts 
design company with me and a couple of friends and doing it out of our house in, in New Paltz. And, oh, that's cool. Uh, and I, I kept the name of my company still to this day. What is that? Happy Life? <laughs> Happy Life Productions. Yeah. yeah. We nice. were doing underground political cartoons. And, you know, remember uh, the days of wheat pasting posters at night when yeah, the, yep. like Shepard Perry <laughs> would do and people like sure. that. So we, we, we do those silk screen posters and we'd run around at night with the wheat paste and put them up. And Oh, nice. A lot of punk fan sort of stuff. Also, you know, political and environmental uh, posters. Back then there were different issues and no nukes and um, apartheid and things like that. So we yeah. were involved with that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, then I got out of college. And um, was that kind of, sorry to interrupt you, was that kind of like self funded or did you get funding to do any of that stuff? Um, I was involved in a couple of student organizations that um, had student funding. Like okay. For uh, for the environmental stuff and some of the political stuff, but the uh, the band stuff I did was just on my own. Yeah. You know. But you know, I'd, people would always come. A lot of pen and ink stuff. You know, I really was influenced by uh, R. Crumb and oh uh, yeah, some of those early artists at Zap Comics and things like that. So cool. So you know, I was always collecting those comics and books and. Um, Did you have Mad back then? Mad? And oh, Pac- Mad! I I grew up on Mad. I still have a whole suitcase <laughs> full of all my old Mad, Mad magazines. I love it. My my artist friend and I, we used to as kids, we used to make our own like Mad magazines. We would just do kind of pen and ink, draw them out, and then like you know paste them together and make a little you know makeshift magazine. But anyway, sorry, good. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Feel free to ask any questions in in between or whatever. I, I'm you know I don't want to just ramble on. <laughs> ramble on. yeah no 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 you're good i i asked you to ramble so please ramble away i'll be interrupting you a lot more later all right so yeah after after um after college i uh traveled you know i was always traveling in between so um checking out where i might want to live and came out i i've i've been to california every year of my life since probably since like 1981 because i got a lot of friends out there and yeah going up and down the coast. I had friends in LA and a lot of people migrated to Venice back then in the early mid eighties. So I was hanging out there. And then I lived up in Northern California for a while. And um, yeah, you went to San Francisco in 85 or something. Yeah, I was there for a little while staying with friends. And then I moved way up North to Humboldt County. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Some friends were going to school up at, um, um, HSU and uh, and um, Arcata. Uh huh. So I'd I'd go down to San Francisco a lot, and you know had had some connections down there, and got involved with um, a couple of different art organizations. One was called Art Rock. Did you ever hear of them? Yes, they, definitely. They published a lot of books and produced a lot of posters, and they had a gallery down um, in the Mission area and. I had a show there in like the early nineties. So that was some early stuff. I was working with a lot with airbrush back then. Oh yeah. <clears throat> remember the days of airbrush? I oh, guess I remember some it. People still break them out once in a when while. When I was in high school. Yeah. I had a, there was an artist who just specifically worked with airbrush. Like that was his jam. And right. I don't see hardly any artists working with airbrush anymore. Yeah. You I know, guess it, it kind of got crazy. taken over by Photoshop, right? A little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then I would draw on, you know, a large illustration board with a pen, pen and ink, and then mm-hmm. and do some airbrush and paint with acrylics and do a little more airbrush and combine it all, you know. And cool. Get some of those early pieces um, that you saw on mine. They were all, you know, hand done. Now I've switched to airbrushing on uh, Photoshop, of course, yeah. to get a very similar effect. I don't have to breathe toxins or wear a mask and all that stuff. So. I hear you. Yeah, I just came off of a little bit of a, a resin experiment. So my studio, it took my studio like a week to air out. But oh, yeah. man. Yeah, good. Yeah. But uh, we got to breathe some fumes. I still have like, my wife still thinks that I have problems from just oil seeping in through my my hands over the years. Oh. But yeah, but hey, it's a moisturizer. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> linseed oil I, I wear like thin gloves if i'm doing oils sometimes now yeah or if i probably should or if i'm careful with the brush then you don't really have to wear um, gloves but you know yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty neat too but i used to work a lot with my hands and i'd have a rag back when i did pops reels and i'd be like wiping away to get the light kind of to show through the canvas instead of adding oh yeah yeah that's what my teacher taught me and i would get paint like all over my hands so but now i'm a little i use tools i'm i'm not really doing that anymore but so, sorry, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that whole pop surrealism thing was became big in the uh, in the mid '90s or early 2000s. I really influenced by that as well in my work, you know. So yeah, for sure. One of the guys like Todd Shore and all these other people, and mm-hmm. you know, I love that kind of the kind of realistic, but it's um, you know, very surrealistic as well. Are you a Mark Ryden fan at all? Mark Ryden, I got all his books. Yeah, I, I love him. Mark Ryden. Yeah, he was yeah. a big influence on me before I turned my back on pop surrealism. <laughs> oh, you did? Well, I mean, I still go That's back sick. a little bit. Yeah, but now I do a lot of abstract work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, anyway, I saw you. You do. You have a lot of variation in your work. Yeah, I like to do. Um, I like to have all different genres and subgenres. I kind of get antsy after a while, but um, I've each one I've done hundreds, you know? So yeah, yeah, I just, I just love to, to be creative anyway. So I, I, we were in Northern California. I just want you to, Oh yeah. So yeah. I I don't um, want to talk about me too much. That's okay. No, I, uh, yeah, I was living up there for a while and I, I did a, um, it was kind of quiet up there in the redwoods. So I did a lot of drawing and painting watercolors and I launched my first series of, uh, t-shirts back then, which, is a way for an artist to make a living, you know? Yes. Back before the internet, you know, you could sell them at shows or various concerts. You roll in and break out your shirts. And it was a great way to make money and not have to get another job, you know? So were you inspired to do that by working with some of the bands you worked with? Cause like they always had merch. I wasn't working with bands, um, bigger bands so much this is like 1986 oh gotcha Mm -hmm. i did my first shirts and um you know i had done shirts for smaller bands but then sold them to them that they would sell with their shows but then uh you know i i went to a couple grateful dead concerts and i saw people raking in a fortune i'm like oh that's a good way to make a little money and yeah do my artwork and so i started doing that and um rolled in in a van and you know, you set up and make a few thousand dollars that night and you're done, you know. That's amazing. So, and you also so, had the kind of the graphic design background a little bit. It was easy. Yeah. It was ready made for you. Yeah, yeah. 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 So so I printed a series of maybe um, eight or nine shirts to start with mm-hmm. different designs. They weren't band oriented. They were just my art. So but 
people out there appreciated it and i i was appreciative and uh do you have they, any of the early designs i got an archive in my basement full i got all i cool. do I, i've got tote tote bins filled with all um, <laughs> one sample of almost everything oh that's awesome a couple a of, of people have asked me throughout the years oh would you ever part with some of the old stuff? I've, I've i've pulled a few out and sold a few but if you go on eBay, you'll see people are selling them for three, four, five hundred bucks for some of these old things that you know. Yeah. From going way back, it, it still amazes me. I look on eBay, people. I'm like, that's crazy. I remember. <laughs> well, I've got a friend who, an artist friend whose son sells kind of like vintage band shirts, and he makes a killing doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure some of, some of yours band, pop up in there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Some of the band shirts I've done um, from, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I, I see them out there for a lot. And I'm like, wow, I don't really have many of the vintage stuff. I really just kept um, a sample as I would print it and I put it away. But yeah, I got too many bins in my basement <laughs> after all these years. Oh, but, man. Uh, I know the feeling. That's one of the hard things about being an artist is having oh, man, storage space, right? I keep expanding my studio year after year and building, you know, more sections on it because I, you know, later got into doing a lot of posters for bands. Yeah. And so between my artist proofs, my artist editions or my samples, I've got flat files stacked to the ceiling, you know. Oh, my that, God. You know. It's um, funny, right? When you get into your new studio, you're always like, all right, I'm set. And then you're like, two years later, I need more space. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> every I'm, time. I'm older, and I just built another edition on it. I'm like, every year, my wife's like, are you done yet? I'm like, yeah, I got to stop. <laughs> you know? Don't stop. Don't stop. That's oh, one of the great no. things about being an artist. You can just keep going. Keep. Oh, yeah, that's the forever. thing. Yeah, I that's love it. That's what I, you know, I, I don't see how I could stop. I've started as a young child, and continue through till uh, I can't anymore it's for sure it's what we do as artists it, it is not every artist I guess some people retire for health reasons or yeah maybe they're sick of it or they don't want to do it anymore but regardless of making a living or money you know I always said like if I never had to make another cent in my life I would continue painting for no sure. matter what because yeah. I enjoy it I think that's important for people to hear because I think a lot of artists nowadays, especially with social media, it's kind of easy to, oh, I'm an artist now and I'm, you know, I've got a couple of pieces and I'm going to try to sell these. But the passion has to be there because if you don't oh, yeah. have that, it, you know, you're going to fall on your face at some point. It'll show in the work too. It'll show in the work. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that's the same with music. If you're just creating something as a commodity, it may not have the soul or, or the spirit behind it or mm -hmm. the inspiration that generated that image or that song. So you could get lucky and maybe people would appreciate it, even though you weren't inspired. But my take on it is, as an artist is if you're truly inspired and feeling it and you're putting your heart and soul into it, then other people will pick up on that. That's my yeah. opinion. It's you know. kind of infectious. Yeah. The energy coming out of it. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of, uh, I mean, I've always been a fan, but I was listening to the Sirius XM David Bowie channel for a while. Mm -hmm. and I just loved how he just kept going and reinventing himself over the years, all these different personas. He never lost that fire. And you can see it in the work. Here's a guy in his sixties. He puts out a, an album the next day and it's just as good, if not better than everything else that's out there, you know? Oh yeah. And he's not, and he's not copying, he's not mimicking anything. He's still being true to himself. 
I love that. And um, yeah, you got You just got to have that. Yeah, fire. Well, he's a great example. He, he's my neighbor. He was my neighbor. He lived like two miles up the road from me here. Oh, yeah. Till the I end, saw of the, his, end of his did, life, you know. Did you ever talk to him? I said hello to him a couple of times in the art supply store once and then at a little, cool. you know, grocery store we have here. Oh, very, that's awesome. Very nice guy. And, and you know. Sorry, I saw you had a. I said um, it's too bad we lost him, you know. It's so, oh man, I remember the day that he died. I was just, I had his new album, Black Star. My wife yeah. and I just drove around like Century, uh, not Century City, um, Cheviot Hills by our place. We just listened to his music. It was like a full moon out. It was really eerie. We just listened to it for like two hours straight. It was great. But yeah, yeah he's like, I just, I never stopped listening to his music for like a year after he died. But I saw you had a, uh, was it a Ziggy Stardust? print that you did yeah i haven't even released it yet believe it or not I, oh. I, I did i did that art for um the newly renovated bearsville theater i did a bunch of murals there for um their renovation over the last two years during covid so i had mm -hmm. a little more time and there was a big um renovation of it's a historic theater here in woodstock that albert grossman he was the manager of dylan and hendrix yeah. whole number of other artists and uh there's um, been a lot of renovation going on there. And so I created that portrait of um, Bowie for that. And so good. I um, got it licensed by the people that manage the Bowie estate. And uh, I still haven't released it yet, believe it or not. Where oh, did, wow. Did on my website, I guess I put it up there, but it wasn't for sale yet. Or I saw it on Instagram. Oh, okay. I wonder yeah, if you had a it. picture of it on Instagram. Or I put it there. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, well, what's the... Is it a secret or when are you going to release it? No, I it's, you know, it's right here on this list that I've been looking at all week. I'm like, I got three things, Bowie, the band and a Janis Joplin that were all licensed by the same group. And, um, you know, I printed these posters like a month ago and I just, you know, just, I've just been busy. So like sometimes I time things and yeah, I've got enough going on. I'll hold things off and then release them when, uh, I know you're busy. I know you've got your own, you know, you've got your own business. You do the graphic design, you do the prints, you do painting, you do the album covers, merchandise. It's hard. I have a store, a gallery. I know it's yeah, too it, much. How do you do? I mean, you're doing more than I'm doing and I can't keep up with myself. Yeah, so. No, I know. It's, yeah, I completely understand. But um, I wanted to yeah, talk there's to you. A process and I'll, I'll tell you about it, how to do, you know, how I can manage that. And as an I, artist yourself, I'll tell you. Yeah, I would oh, love to hear processes. it. Sorry, Go and ahead. also I'd love to talk to you about licensing a bit for artists. Um, but but first, yeah, I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah, I mean, process is is everything in, in for an artist if they want to get their work out there. It takes a lot of self discipline and forethought in terms of like, well, what do I want to do? Where do I want to market my stuff? What vehicles are available to me? And like I said before, I grew up in a time where I had to go around the concerts, sell shirts. And then I started a wholesale company and did trade shows. Yeah. At the Javits Center and, and um, in Long Beach. I did the surf show out there a few times. Um, oh, cool. In the 90s. And then, uh, you know, anyway, a bunch of trade shows, Las Vegas. And, and so I built up clientele for my wholesale business that way. And that business still functions to this day. We ship shirts and clothing and posters and other items with my art on it all over the country and don't um, you do international as well we do some uh to europe but mm -hmm. um shipping is very expensive so we and don't it's do getting worse much. right now too yeah 
Yeah. So my wholesale business was the backbone of my bread and butter for um, for years in terms of marketing my stuff and on a a mass level, I guess you could say. Yeah. Where, you know, we're, we're producing you know shirts and, and posters and keeping them on the shelf and taking orders and orders mm-hmm. are flowing every day and UPS is coming by and that kind of thing's been going on for uh, we started that company in '87. So oh wow. And, but it started very small and now it's grown to a, a point where it just sustains itself. You know? Can I ask how many people do you have on your team? It's small. You know, I, we, we employ um, between our store and gallery and then our wholesale business about uh, it varies from time to time, maybe 10 people. Okay. You That's know? solid. Yeah. Yeah. And then I subcontract a lot is the thing. I don't own a print shop myself anymore. I subcontract ah. all my printing, but it's all friends that started their own businesses in in the area here. And then some are in other parts of the country that I sub to as well. So, so you work with people that you know in all those areas. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. A lot great. of us grew grew in this business together. You know, throughout Very the cool. years. Yeah. So the wholesale business was one way to support myself as an artist because you know artists we all love to create that's what we really want to do it's like oh how can i buy myself time time is what we really need yes think of an idea to execute it and to make it decent and you know presentable or or maybe you just want to do it for yourself and it doesn't matter and you you know some people can you know just work a full-time job and do art on the side but if you want to support yourself as an artist you know, you have to come up with a way to do it, which you have. And I'm telling you how high I have. So yeah, I had the wholesale business and then. (laughs) And Mike, can I say something? It's ironic that kind of the more successful you become, the less time it seems like you have to create, right? Have you you found that in your own career? It's true. But then I set up systems that function on their own so I can go do art. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's always fluctuating, but I have to live in time blocks. Like, okay, in the morning, I'm going to do office work and answer emails. And then in the afternoon, I'm going to go check in on my gallery and store or check on with my manager on our orders and things. And then, you know, later on or early evening, I'll go to the studio and, and do art and nobody bothers me for several hours. And yeah. So it kind of goes like that. That's a basic scenario. Um, yeah. To break it in time slot if you're managing a lot. But it's like little bite sized bits. What's that? Little bite sized bits. Yeah. But, you know, I have to have other people, professional people, deal with things that I don't want to deal with, like uh, accounting and sure. other things like that. So, you know, otherwise you're never going to get any art done. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. Yeah, so, I, I, I've gotten to a place where I have to carve out. I'm lucky if I carve out about two to three hours a day to paint. Right, you know? and and that's I mean that's great. At least I'm getting a chance to paint every day. But the administrative stuff, you know, all the marketing, all that takes up pretty much the full day from seven a.m. to about noon. Yeah, and, you know, and then you get the miscellaneous stuff. You throw the podcast in there, and then oh, yeah. oh wait, I got to paint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to put out some new product, but um. It sounds like you have that even on overdrive. It's crazy. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, it's okay though. Uh, running my own business, I can take time to to go for a run, which is important. Keep your sure. my exercise going and keep your head straight. And you know, it's like and be thankful because uh, otherwise, stress can you know wipe you out if you're trying to do that. But so I found for myself, you know, okay, well, I need to take a break at three o'clock and I'll get back to whatever at. Uh, Four thirty or five or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so yeah, don't force you it. have the freedom, you know, to choose to how you want to manage your time. But that's also, not easy for most artists. I, I've got tons of artist friends, and a lot of them struggle. Some don't, and a lot of them have created other systems for themselves that work. It, it's it's very idiosyncratic as to how you're. I don't think any artists have an identical system we all no. have our own things and uh, so like you said the more successful i became throughout time the more emails i get oh can you do this or that i have to turn down a ton of stuff these days just because i don't want to drive myself crazy and yeah i'll take on certain projects but i also have to keep my own art going um, and you have to have a quality well. of life right yeah and I've raised two kids through all this. Oh, wow. On top of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're braver than me. I've, I've been so afraid to do that because I'm like, wow, I don't know if I'm going to have time to do anything, but my wife and I are getting close. So it's good to hear that you've been able to, to manage all that. Well, I don't know if you want to say you don't have to, but how old are you now? I just turned 27. No, I just turned 43. Okay, you yeah. better hurry up then, man. I know, I know. My and my, <laughs> my my wife thankfully is younger than me. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's yeah, good. yeah. But uh, it was just for me. It was one of those things where I was working. I graduated school. I focused on art, and then I decided to wait tables because I wanted to give myself incentive to be able to like keep going to quit my job to be a full time artist. And that took me a lot longer than I expected. And oh, then yeah. I started to get my business off the ground going, my art, I started selling, I started getting, developing my collectors and, you know, making a profit. And then it was like, oh yeah, now I can maybe think about having kids. So it just took a long time, you know, mm -hmm. um, it, it would have been great if I would have been able to do it in my twenties, but I, I don't think I could have taken care of myself <laughs> in my twenties, you know? Yeah. I didn't do it. We, I did it in my mid thirties, but yeah. oh, perfect. Yeah. It was a good time. And That's a good time. Kids just got incorporated into things and, you know, it, it's not as bad as you think. Go ahead. You'll have a good time. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. It's I'll have, fun, my, I'll have you know? my wife listen to this. Yeah. No, I, I, keep, <laughs> I keep telling myself that too. And, you know, I'm excited about the, I'm excited about kind of taking a little bit of the focus off of some of the things that I'm doing, having that distraction to maybe snap me out of some stuff, give me, you know, focusing on some other avenues and maybe develop some new ideas that I'd never thought of before. I think that'll be cool. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. anyway, so I wanted to get back to you. So this is great. I do agree with you. Everybody, everybody's system is different, but I think we agree that each artist to be successful, you do have to have a system because mm -hmm. I know for me, I did the thing for 10 years where I was like, ah, oh, people will find me. They'll find my art. And I was just, right. you know, drinking myself into an oblivion and not doing anything with my art except for doing shows. And that was not paying the bills. So yeah. Once yeah, I got, you know, I was doing. I was doing that too. I would do. Oh, yeah. art I did a lot of festivals throughout yep. the years, which, which were fun. I my friends came, or you know, when I had kids, my wife would stay home with the kids, but I'd still drag a crew of friends. If we'd set up a big booth and music could be playing, and 
we'd, we'd make thousands of dollars at these festivals for years for, for like 30 years. I did festivals. And stuff. Wow. It was fun. You know, you're really, you were pounding the pavement in, well, in, in a know, matter of speaking, pounding the, the grass. Extent, yeah. And then, you know, I had, I had crews that would go out and do shows for me and I still do as a matter of fact, I, I don't, I stopped doing them about 10 years ago. Okay. But, That's um, nice. Yeah. So and we opened our um, store and gallery in Woodstock here. So it's like having a festival every day ongoing, which is fine, but it's stable and we have people that run it and people come from all over and, you know, come back and it's great. Is so, the store is called Happy Life yeah. Productions also? Yeah. 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 I wanted to ask you about that. Do you have, do you do any shows there or do you just basically sell? you know, posters, prints, merchandise. Stuff um, like that. We've had a couple of artist shows there, but I found that it, speaking of time and energy at, um, in the first few years of having the gallery, I, I did like three different shows with various artists from other parts of the country and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just like taking the whole gallery down and then promoting it and, you know, getting everything in order and then just taking the artist stuff back and shipping it back or, and then, everything around it like that's a whole uh, that's a whole business in and of itself so it is now i just represent different artists and it's ongoing when i need more stuff from i just call them up and it's a small gallery and i mostly deal in limited edition prints yeah cool now rather than originals you know yes yes not that i don't want to do originals but Rent's expensive and I need stuff people on the street are going to walk in and buy. And that's and then you that's need insurance on those pieces too. That's it. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. Do you have a place where any artists listening to this, like can submit work to you or is it kind of, is it limited at this point? Um, people, people send me emails or they come by the store and, okay. um, you know, so they can yeah. check you out on Instagram and maybe email you. Yeah. There. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. Or they can check out, my email's on my website too, mikedubois.net. Mikedubois.net. Okay, cool. And then your Instagram is at Mike Dubois. Yeah. Just simple. That's it. Well, I wanted to ask you, in addition to kind of pounding the pavement and, and learning to get, you know put some systems in place, it, it's interesting how you developed a relationship with all these bands. How did that happen? That happened, um, I guess it was a variety of ways. I, uh, let's see, I met, I got some contacts through, there was a company called Not Fade Away Graphics back in the day, and they were obtaining licenses. They, they were around before me. And so they, um, they were in the area here where I live now, and they needed some artists to do artwork for uh, the Grateful Dead and the Allman Brothers and some people back then. So I was some, um, recruited to do commissioned art yes um, for them so that was a doorway in and then you know other licensees saw my work and they'd start to contact me and then as time went on you know i'd build up a roster of, of managers and licensees and then i'd check in with them you know throughout the year hey i'm i'm free for a while and you, you need anything and then so it was a reciprocal relationship with bands and licensees and um that's i mean i have a couple notebooks over here just filled now with with contacts though but i still don't reach out that much because i'm i get contacted enough that you know i don't want to take on too much so yeah 
it's so kind of in better other words, that way once, too. Once one door opens, others seem to open. Yes. Assuming you're delivering and you're doing a good job, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So which mm-hmm. of course you did. So basically Yeah, there's always deadlines and then there's always things they want changed. And then you have to if you miss those deadlines or those changes, they'll dismiss you and you know, cancel you. They yeah. didn't call it cancel back then, but you don't get any more calls. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, they they pause. And, and they, a lot of them know each other, so they're like, "Oh, that guy, don't call him." He, you know, they know each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, that's why your reputation is so important. I work with a gallery. I don't know if you know. You say you come to uh, California a lot, and even done some stuff in the surf community. I work with a gallery in Hermosa Beach uh, called Chalkbox, and okay. uh, the I'm owner is a yeah. yeah, the owner is a surfer yeah. too. Yeah. And um, it's funny how people burn bridges, you know, like we have some people who are just like, oh, fuck shock box. You know, they didn't get me into the show. And it's like, yeah, but you might get into a next show, you know, like you don't want to burn right. a bridge before it's even started. So, I um, know. yeah, that's important. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, you, I've, that's one thing I've always tried to do. Not burn bridges. That's, that's a good, great. That's a good uh, piece of advice that you, you yeah. mentioned that, that I adhere to. Yeah. And I mean, unless somebody totally is somebody you don't, that does you wrong or is a complete right. asshole, it's like, then I'm like, fuck them. You know? What oh, I mean? yeah. I've done that many times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought something was good. And then and you close the door and like, I'm not going back there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And also some of these people that are unprofessional, you know, they're not, they're not going to last anyway. They're not going to stand the test of time. Right. But I was interested because I know you were in bands also, right? What kind of band did you plan? Yeah, well, I, I grew up in, um, playing in bands in the uh, late 70s and early 80s, and it, it was mostly punk bands and new wave bands um, in upstate New York where I grew up, you know, we were playing. I, I was in a punk band too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, you know, cool. Ramon style stuff and all that yeah. early stuff, The Clash, and but a lot of it was originals. There were a ton of clubs and, you know, you only had to... It, be 18 to drink and the clubs would be open till four in the morning. So, you know, we were all had fake ideas. We started playing in those kind of places when I was 15. So, Oh, wow. You know, we did all that. And, um, I, I still, I still play with friends and we play parties around here, private parties, but we do a mix of stuff now, you know, yeah. some of it's uh free form, you know, psychedelic jazz stuff some of it sometimes we'll do a, a cover show like this summer we did a whole tom petty and rolling stone show and oh uh, nice and uh you know we we just do things for fun now you know i, I my first choice in life was like oh i want to i want to be a musician right and tons of my friends went down that road and a few of them were successful but you know how it is in the music world it's like that's why i did music art because i could still be involved in that world and i didn't have to do the struggles of dragging stuff around for no money and like always struggling to eat so that's the key to why i do what i do i was a musician i wanted to be in the music world but i had some talent in art so i applied it to doing that in the music world and luckily i succeeded i guess you know you made that connection for me because that's what i was seeing when i was reading your bio i was like this has got to be kind of a way in the love of music and then just kind of keeping up with that yeah and and so because of that i've gotten to go 
backstage and and meet you know uncountable amounts of great legendary musicians my whole life and it's uh it's been awesome you know that's amazing that's yeah. so cool yeah it's uh yeah. it's one of those things I had an experience too. I was in a punk ska band. We played the warp tour. We met a bunch of like big bands, like hung out backstage with people. And, but it's one of those things where, yeah, you're just, you're lugging your equipment around. You're barely making ends meet if you are at all, you know, and then a lot of this stuff's going back towards equipment, the money that you're making. And then you're also dealing with other people who have their own. Everybody's arguing or nobody can agree. Yeah. And as an artist, you're kind of like, okay, I can make my decision. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You whittled it down. Those are all my thoughts that have taken place of it. I love playing music more than anything. And I'm glad I, I still it. do. And, you know, if there was a way to have been able to make it or we got the right break at some point in time in history, that's a different thing. But you're either like up here as a musician or you're down here. So true. there's very little in between. Although I know a lot of local bands that play and, you know, but they all have to have um, day jobs. Sure. Well, I wonder if that's changed a bit too. I know selling art has changed. I wonder if like getting your music on Spotify, for example, doing things like that, if you can actually kind of make ends meet a little easier nowadays without being so famous, probably Maybe not, right? a little bit, but streaming services pay so little. It's very difficult for musicians, as as you may know. I, yeah, I know a is. ton. Yeah, I saw you playing. I was stalking your Instagram a little bit before this. I saw you playing drums on there. Uh, oh, is that, yeah. Is that your instrument? Yeah. Nice. That's so cool. What did you say? Sorry, I didn't hear the question. No, I said, uh, was uh, was drums your instrument then? Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Uh, I wanted to, you know, switch gears a little bit and talk about, you said you did... Um, Maybe this is what we were talking about earlier, but I saw that you had painted murals with the Syracuse Art Squad. What's that all about? Yeah, that- that's where I grew up in yeah. upstate New York. And um, <clears throat> a friend of mine uh, worked for the city and it was like a city beautification committee. And so, yeah, you know, he hired me to paint these big murals on the sides of uh you know, um, bridges and railroad trestles and old buildings and things like that. So that was fun back then. That's fun. That's also tough. Even when I was in high school, I would do murals and on, uh, in people's houses and things like that, you know, nice early on. One thing that I'm seeing from you a lot is you definitely got around from an early age. Like you were getting your art out there in public places. You were doing t-shirts you were, you know, you were drawing, you're doing like the graphic design. How important was that for you just to start making connections with people? You know, it's really funny uh, you ask that because I think about that. I'm still the same exact person in that regard now that I was then. I was yeah. a social person. I enjoyed social interaction and I was good at art and people saw I could do it way back when I was a kid even. So they hired me to do things and um, it was sort of a natural thing. And that's why I'm still doing the same kind of stuff now, but at a different level, you know? Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Sometimes personalities are important in where the road takes you, you know? For sure. Like if you're not good at um, communication or socializing, but you're a phenomenal artist, which I do know a lot of people like that through my history. Me too. 
have a hard time um, actually getting your stuff somewhere you might want it to be. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the reason why I do this podcast, because I used to be that person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you have to develop some of those skills to be able to talk to people, talk about your art, like talk to gallery owners, talk to whoever you're trying to get, you know. I know. I mean, I don't always enjoy it. A lot of times I'm like, "Ah, I just want to go lock away in the studio. I don't want (laughs) to deal with anybody, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I still get anxiety about it myself, but I just tell myself I got to do it. And I do it and I try to do it from a genuine place. And once you do it more, you just realize a lot of these fears are just kind of unfounded. That's true. That's yeah. true. What you said there is very important for artists. You, we create our own um, barriers, and which gives us anxiety. And then mm-hmm. it's easier just to say, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I still don't like public speaking. I've been asked to do things and I have done a little teaching. When my kids were in school, I'd go there and help with the art class and things but like i've been asked to do some lectures on my art and stuff like that i just i don't have that in me i don't want to stand in front of a group or a crowd and you know do a multimedia presentation although it would be good for me i just it's almost too much for me you know yeah yeah and well and it doesn't seem like you really need to no i don't do that um i'm not opposed to doing like a speaking engagement I would only do it honestly if it paid really well. Yeah. But, um, and, and some of those do. Some of those gigs pay well. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. It, luckily, you don't seem like you really need. You've got so many other things going. So many irons in the fire. You don't really need yeah. to do that. It doesn't seem like. Just yeah, talking. I like to be a bit more behind the scenes, doing cool things, and then yeah. manifest things, and then people come to me or later on or whatever. But it takes a lot of. Um, a lot of thought and concentration to create whatever it is you're creating and to be distracted constantly is uh, that's anxiety provoking to me. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah. And and that's what I liked about what you were talking about earlier about kind of breaking it down into little segments of of what you do. That's Mm -hmm. where a lot of the anxiety comes from is like, Oh shit, I got this to do. And Oh, I got this to do tonight. And I got this to do tomorrow. And then I got this interview coming up with Mike, you know, on Thursday, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's fine. You know, that'll all come. You just break it down into what you can manage in that moment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the key. In fact, my system is, um, you know, I have long-term goal lists and then I break it into almost monthly lists and then I've got a pad on my desk where I scribble down immediate things. And then I chop it all into my days of the week. Well, I'm going to do this today, this today. This. And the stuff that's not as important, like I've put off changing the uh, rear blinker light on my car now for three weeks. I'm going to be pulled <laughs> over one of these days. But And I got to go there and, and get the light bulb. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. like thousands of little things that we all have to deal with. But, sure. Um, Oh yeah. Keeping up your studio, but, keeping up your like house. If you don't keep organized about those thousand things, they all come crashing down on you. You get anxiety. You got, Oh, I, I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to dig myself out of this hole. I'm in. you know what I mean? Cause. Yeah. Uh, and then it's kind of like. So in other words, chip away at it in an organized fashion. It's just like doing art. Oh, I can't do art. I don't know where to start. Or I, I don't know. You know, well, it's started. You just start it. Let it flow and then build upon it. That's the whole philosophy, you know? That's the whole life philosophy, you know? Go with the flow, build upon it, and keep flowing down down the river and on your path. And uh, 
that's the way I look at it. And I'm sure that's not for everyone, you know? I think it's spot on. And I'm always preaching about that. Like, even when you're not, you know, you're not motivated or inspired to create something, a lot of times just getting in there and starting a movement with the brush or whatever you use, if you're a sculptor, exactly. whatever, starting some movement and then the inspiration comes, then you got something to build off and pretty soon you got a piece of art and you can always mm-hmm. rework that. But um, yeah, just kind of getting in there and starting out with one little piece is, is everything. Every once in a while, it's hard for me to like finish. Like I've got this one piece I've been working on for like four years and it's going to come out. It's a really cool <laughs> oil painting, but like I work on it in the winter and then like, I get on to other things and I put it aside, but that's not common of me. Usually I like to get it done and finish it. And then I feel good. It's done. But I got like three or four pieces that are oils that I have to let them dry. And oh, I'm going to come back to it. And I am, mm-hmm. they're still like right next to my easel. So. Oh, I mean, that's great. Well, tell me about your oil painting. Cause I know a lot of your, your other stuff, your album covers and, and those types of designs. What are you, are your oil paintings kind of in the similar genre or are you doing something different? Um, you know, I, sometimes I just do abstract stuff, but I don't really even bust that out or show it. Um, those are just, you know, for exercises someday, you know, maybe, but a lot of my oil paintings are almost like what you were saying earlier in the pop surrealism genre where, you know, mushrooms growing and all kinds of crazy things happening, (laughs) but takes me a lot of time to get all the shading and everything. Oh my God. And even then when I'm done with those oil paintings, I may scan that into the computer and then even zoom in and tighten up a few things yes. even more. So I do that as well, you know. Because the work is very detailed. Yeah. 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 Do you ever now create these pieces without first doing it as a painting? Um, you know, I I have a Wacom tablet. Uh-huh. You know what that is? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't have one, but I I know about it. Yeah, that has been a game changer, and I got the big, you know, like twenty inch one. Oh, nice! And so you can draw right on it, and you got all your tools, and you can paint. So I can actually start a lot line drawings on my Wacom tablet and complete a whole piece on that, and it would be almost indistinguishable from one I did on with pen and ink and really colorized it yeah wow in fact you go on my website you can look at you know some you wouldn't be able to tell what i did as a painting and what i did on the wacom almost now because the tools have become so much better over the years and i use photoshop layer upon layer upon layer translucent layers and blending layers and you know yeah and sometimes i just do completely crazy things like if you look on my Instagram, there, I, some of the last two things I put up there, I, my wife took a picture of a cactus root recently when she was in Arizona. and uh-huh. I scanned that and turned it into this crazy thing. Did you oh, see cool. it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. The, this was like what? One of your last posts, right? It was like two weeks ago, maybe. Two and weeks then, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah a couple, couple of things I put up there. So those are like fun, expressive things, but I got a pretty good response, so I may do some prints of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love. Uh, yeah, that's the best thing about it is it's so limitless to what you can do now. The different media you, you can, can throw use. it up there. Oh, people like it or they don't like it. Who knows? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's right. That is a good segue into NFTs. I saw you are dabbling a little bit. Is that something that you're going to be focusing on more, or uh, how, what? Do you, how do you feel in general about NFTs? 
Well, you know, it's interesting. The whole um, the whole concept is a little odd to me in it terms is. of like owning a piece of digital art. If I sent you a high res uh, visual or of a, one of my paintings, then you keep that. And but you know, the difference is the blockchain thing and everything like that. I'm learning a lot about it, but um, yeah. I'm working with somebody in uh, Britain who got a hold of you, MusicArt.io. Oh yeah, for sure. And so they're um, they're doing like five or six of my pieces as NFTs, and I'm letting them deal with the whole thing because I don't know enough about it to um, to really talk that much about it. In other words, like they set up the royalty payments and mm -hmm. the way it's um, being distributed and and all the promotional materials and everything like that. I'll provide content for it. I'm, That's great. That's exactly the way I want to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, are you going to be doing any sort of manipulation or is it basically you're kind of treating it almost like a digital print? Um, these first few are, uh, are almost like digital prints, uh, yeah. manipulation, meaning making them animated, making them move. But, yeah. Making them animated. Yeah. I do plan on doing that. If, if this whole thing moves ahead, you know, yeah. um, there's a lot of, you know, I, I read a lot of things about NFTs like, Oh, they're, it's a fad right now. It's going to die tomorrow. It all depends on the cryptocurrency and yeah. all these other variables. So I'm just rolling with it, not rushing into it and um, seeing what happens. That's smart. I just did a cover for a magazine that's based in LA. It's a, it's a weed magazine called Skunk Magazine. Yeah. So I got a feature in there this month and the cover. And um, they want to do NFTs to my stuff. So. Oh, very cool. That. Mm -hmm. So that hasn't come out yet. Uh, it's out. It just came out. Yeah. It just came out. Okay, I'll, I'll take a look at yeah. that. Skunk Magazine. Anybody listening, check that out. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm talking to a friend. We're going to be working on it a little bit too. I started setting up NFTs. I'm like you. I was interested in them. I've learned about them. I have a friend who's doing really well with NFTs. Uh, he's basically stopped doing what he his other art, and he's just doing NFTs. And he's wow. saying, "I'm going to pay off my mortgage." And I was like, "Okay, great." <laughs> Yeah, really? so yeah. there are people like that, and I do also think you know it is a bubble. The bubble will burst, but I do think it's gonna, it's still gonna be here. It, it may yeah. not be making as much money as it's making now, but or crypto, but it's gonna be around. I think so. I think it's good for artists just to kind of know a little bit about it at the very least. Oh yeah, I yeah. know. I'm I'm learning more about it from these folks. Um, yeah, I, that's good. I don't know enough about it to try to do it on my own though. Oh yeah, although from what I hear. Um, if you can just, you know, if you can just upload it and you set up a, you know, you set up like Coinbase or something where you can convert the money, mm -hmm. um, you basically can just kind of put up like a limited edition prints and then people buy those and they can resell them. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it Have sounds, you done that I started doing it mm -hmm. and then I had like a weird little hacking thing going on and I got hurt and I was like, all right, I got to table this. So I'm, that's on my to-do list for like the next month. I'm going to start doing it. Or but find I'll, someone that knows what to, how to do it and that can yeah, help you. you know? exactly. That's what I'm trying to do. And I'm going to put out my, I'm going to start out by putting out some of my old kind of iconic pop surrealist pieces. Like I've got a Heisenberg piece I did. I'm going to start there because I think those will be more collectible and just see how it does. And if it does yeah. great, then, you know, I'll pursue it more. But um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I wanted to talk to you about licensing a little bit because that's another thing. Uh, I've had some artists on before who have licensed their work. I've done very minimal licensing. Can you talk a little bit about licensing? And if, if you're an artist who 
is interested in getting into it, like how do you get into licensing your work? Well, I've licensed my images to, um, you know, a variety of product companies um, as well as licensed them to um, bands or um, companies that manage licenses for bands, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there's different types of licensing. There's music licensing, imagery, and then there's... then there's product licensing. So, you know, I license to uh, still the several different companies that produce everything from tapestries to various products for around the house, like pillows or mugs or things like that, mm-hmm. um, magnets or, you know, a whole number of things throughout the years, In- incense, uh, you know, oh, yeah. all kinds of crazy things. So, you know, when an artist licenses to a company, they have to obviously have a signed contract. That's first and foremost. And then you'll negotiate the percentage you're um, paid per item in that product line. And then you'll get a quarterly statement with how many of of those units they sold. And uh, you'll get a check with it, you know, or a deposit into your account. Yeah. That's basically it. And um, you can go to trade shows. There's the magic show in, in Los Angeles. Well, with COVID, I think a lot of the trade shows have been on hold. So yeah. magic was a good place I used to go, which, and before that, it was the New York City Fashion and Boutique Show. And there's also like Comic Con and all these yeah. other trade shows. There's a whole licensing show that used to take place at the Javits Center here in New York. And mm-hmm. you could just go from person to person with your information or a small portfolio or an iPad and show people your stuff and sit down and talk with a representative and uh, work out a deal there, or they'll get back to you, whatever it is, you know? Um, Yeah. Or you can just search online and and send people your information and contact. And um, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Now you can just, you can just Google them and and submit mm -hmm. your work. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the old days, it was the trade shows and, um, I mean, I I don't seek out a lot of licensing because I have quite a bit right now. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it's a great way to go, though. Like for me, I want to feel good about the um, company and the product that it's on. Yes. So that's what you have to really sift through and right and find, you know, what you feel good about or or maybe it doesn't matter and you'll just sell it to anybody. Yeah. But, you know, they also have um in-house artists a lot of these companies so mm-hmm. yeah i've known i've known some artists who've worked in-house it's also just a great way to make some passive income right like oh yeah making no, money it, while you it, sleep it's been great i i've licensed to um you know a whole number throughout the years uh, some of my really good licensing deals have been with the old um large format posters you know you yeah. flip through the poster rack it's spencer gifts and all this stuff and yeah so I've licensed to all that throughout the years, um, and um, that's been great. You know, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you just a couple more questions. I I, I don't want to take up your whole day. That's okay. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So one of them is yeah. Bill Walton. Uh, oh yeah, Bill. I was a big, was a big basketball that. player back in the day, and I love Bill Walton. So Fire on the Mountain and Beyond. I guess you've done a couple things, right? You want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, I met Bill Walton through uh, Grateful Dead, who he's a big fan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he he saw my art, 
you know, I've been working for the Grateful Dead since 1986. So, and continue through still to this day with um, the individual members and all the various incarnations of the band that have taken place since then. And oh, that's um, awesome. Bill's always been on the periphery, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he found me um, through them, uh, you know, quite a few years ago and reached out to me to do um, the graphics illustration and cover for his book that came out several years ago. Yes. You ever see it? It's, it's called Back from the Den. Yes. The I, have, I have not, I have not read it. It's autobiography. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I did all that with Bill and then I did some posters for him and, you know, helped him create a few other products that he still goes on the lecture circuit and he brings all these things with him and, you know, sells the posters and signed prints and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, he's been a great friend and a, a blast to work with. And, uh, I love Bill and he, um, he's also supported me throughout the years by coming out to some shows that I do in uh, Boulder, Colorado for three years. Oh yeah, sure. And uh, I was, uh, I was born in, in right, right near there in uh, Denver. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love Boulder's well, I great town. This show, um, in conjunction with uh, the dead dead and company playing at the um, whatever, they, wherever they played there, but uh, Bill would come out and, you know, he'd do the show with me and we'd have a big crowd and he'd talk and we'd sell posters and, you know, it, it's great. You That's know? so cool. And then he then he has a fire in the mountain. What is it? A documentary on that's mountain. on ESPN. Yeah, he, he did. He did that um, video. I did a little bit. Of, well, I, he used some of my existing art and incorporated it into it but, um, throughout the movie a little bit. You know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Did you see it? It's, it's a great. I have not seen it, film. but it's on my list. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you can watch it on YouTube. I believe. I'm sure. Yeah. Or, Especially if it was released on Netflix, maybe I, I forgot, but um, I just still have his voice ringing in my head. I used to play basketball. Yeah, he like, narrates the whole thing. It's, yeah. Never jumped a pass. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good invitation. <laughs> I used to hear him all the time. I used to watch all the old like Chicago Bulls games when I was a kid because I was obsessed with Jordan and Pippen. But oh, um, man. yeah, but uh, Bill Wallen's a great player too. That's so he cool. Is. So I wanted to ask yeah, you. Yeah, get his book. Get his book. Um, if I had an, I, you know, I might have an extra one to send you. You know. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Email me your address. I'll put one in the mail to you. Oh, that would be awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll do a little thing. I know you don't have a lot of time, but try the thumb. It's a very interesting read too. I'm know? sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Did he ever do his uh, audible version with, with a uh, self narration? He did. I, oh, he I, did. You know, do I have any of those around here? I, I don't know if I have any left. I'll look, but that yeah. would be cool with his voice. You yeah. You can just work and listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. I love that. I listen, listen to audio books all the time. I used mm-hmm. to read all the time, but I just don't have the time anymore. I know. I yeah. hate to say it. Me too. I, I hate it. I hate it. I, I grew up reading like crazy and like, I, think I don't the, read as much as I would like to. I know it, it used to be kind of a place where I got a lot of my inspiration. I, I still get it from audio books, but mm-hmm. I think the last person that I really dove into was uh, Charles Bukowski and mm-hmm. I love Bukowski, but um. But yeah, I just I just need to find some more time. But I would love to check that out. What was the last thing I wanted to ask you before we went into? I always ask some questions at the end, but I feel like I had one more thing I wanted to ask you here. Okay. Um, oh, uh, well, Happy Life. We talked about that a little bit. Is there anything else you want to say about Happy Happy Life? And then I also wanted to ask you, how often, if it if any at all, do you do 
uh, exhibitions anymore, like live exhibitions? Well, uh, Happy Life is a wholesale company, and we also have a retail website, happylifeproductions.com. And it's a, hold on one second. No worries. You know, it's it's a product line uh, that consists of uh, mostly shirts, some posters. See, I have two different websites. My limited edition prints and posters are on mikedubois.net. And then Happy Life Productions has a number of different products that from women's clothing and uh, T-shirts to some lithographs that are not limited edition, lower priced prints and, you know, note cards and stickers and more pop art sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've, we've been very successful. And, and believe it or not, the last two years of the pandemic, I thought all these stores were going to close. I thought we were done. I thought we were completely, yeah. you know, done. But they were like our two busiest years. I'm still scratching my head. I'm like, what is going on around here? And like, even for my art, too, I'm sure you know, too. It's like, it's been crazy. So, I had my biggest selling year in 2020. Crazy. I know. Same with me. I think after yeah. all these years of doing this, and um, <laughs> it's, it's insane. Well, people had time on their hands, and they they were staring at their walls. You know, they wanted to <laughs> to beautify their place. Have you, you noticed know, a little I, bit? I of... say that, but our retail store and gallery, same thing. Really? Well, we're only two hours north of New York City and a lot of metropolitan areas. I think people wanted to get out of the city and come up uh, to the mountain and yeah. walk around and stuff like that. So that makes sense. I think that was part of it. Um, Hey, nothing wrong with having a little uh, good luck from time to time. So that, right? And then, um, wait, what was your second question? Sorry. Oh, I, oh, yeah. Thanks. I wanted to ask you if you do uh, any kind of live exhibitions anymore of your work. Oh, you know, I haven't done any shows in, in galleries in quite a while. I'll still go do a live painting occasionally at a festival here and there. Cool. Um, and uh, there's another artist near here, Alex Gray, who well, before COVID closed everything down, he would have these um, monthly full moon parties. You know, you know his work at all? Um, I don't think so. Actually. Anyway, so I'd go live paint down there occasionally. Cool. But I, I don't, I don't seek out gallery shows and things like that. It's, it's a lot of, it's a ton of work, as you know. You know, <laughs> it's a lot of work. So I'm, I'm, I'm selfishly kind of asking because I, I've started shying away. I did hundreds of shows in the past, and I just. I found a, a way to sell my work a different way and I don't have to do them anymore. And, but I still get that kind of itch from time to time. Like I should be doing shows. I should be doing more shows. And so I'll do some from time to time, but my bread and butter is like selling online, selling my stuff online, you know? So, I, I mean, know, I, even, I, even with the gallery that I'm with, we sell our work online too. So yeah. I saw the platform you were on for selling that that's, that looks pretty good though. I forgot the name of the website. Was it the was it the website or was it um I'm on like I'm on a handful of art marketplaces that I'm that like take a percentage. Yeah, uh, it was an art marketplace. I forgot the name of it. I think you interviewed the person uh Oh, Artfinder maybe. Artfinder, that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're one of my best. And then I sell yeah. through my website, I sell through the galleries a little bit, but I, 70% of my sales come from online, you know. From from places like that though or your own website? Both. Uh it could be Instagram it could be uh, one of these art marketplaces like Sachi, Singular, Artfinder. Uh, mm. Could be website. Sometimes through the gallery. The gallery also has art, is on Artsy, which you know you have to be a gallery to have that. So we sell on Artsy a bit too. So mm-hmm. yeah, most of it comes from online. And then especially with the pandemic, I mean, there was no other way I to know. do it. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, but I think same with me. What you know, I am. Um, I haven't found those other artist platforms, or I haven't seeked them out as much. Yeah, but um, when I create a limited edition print and I drop it on uh, my socials, you know, the orders come flooding in. So it's great. You know, I and really, that comes with you having a great reputation. Also, people know. And we build our mailing list, and then we do constant contact when I drop new things, and yeah, do promotions and things like that. That's Which great. Is important. So, well, I you know, love it. I love to. I love to see that you're still. You still got the fire. You're still cranking out new work and and selling on all these different platforms. Um, but I wanted to ask a little bit. Uh, I do like rapid fire. Some of these you've already answered, but I like okay. ask routines, super uh, superpower, biggest failure. Like, what's something that you do to get yourself like in the creative mindset, even when you're not feeling it? Is there something that you do? Is there a go to? Or it could be a daily routine that helps you. It could be anything. Yeah, in all honesty, I, I'll take a couple hits of uh, weed and I'll go running. And then, <laughs> nice. uh, you know, the, ser- the between the serotonin, the THC, and the oxygen, it's, yeah. it's great, you know? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I'm not like a stoner that sits around, but it helps me get in the zone. In all honesty, it's not for everybody, but it's, it's, no, it's worth perfect. for me, you know? Yeah. So. I do that. And it really helps that if I've had a lot of things on my mind and I just go to the studio and I got to get out of it, I'll take a couple hits and I'm good. And nice. uh, again, maybe I shouldn't say that on the public forum, but no, 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 of course point, I don't care. It's, it's legal here and whatnot. It's so. legal here too. smoke them. If you got them for me, yeah. I just get, I get paranoid, but, um, I, I know, uh, I know, I, I know a lot <laughs> of people that do, but, uh, you know, I, and, and if, don't, I got my paint, if I got my paints and my art there, yeah, a couple hits. See, for me, and it's funny how everybody's physiology is different. It just, yes. I just zone in and work, and I feel you know, exhilarated and excited to work yeah. on it. A little coffee's helpful too, you know. Yeah, see, you balance it out a little bit. Right I now, I'm fr- drinking green tea. That's a, a go to. Oh, as hey, well. see, right here, green tea. <laughs> cheers from nice, uh, through Zoom. <laughs> That's um, it. Mm. And My staying friend. health, staying healthy, and in shape is highly. Uh, high priority you know it is it's it, it's a must like if you don't have your health the wheels fall off i mean i've even been dealing with this back thing i've had for a while and i've still been able to work thankfully but i, I had about a month and a half where i was off and right. if you don't have your health you can't do anything and it's also well, that that's psychological impact staying too. healthy and staying in shape and just uh you know because because if you're feeling sluggish and depressed you're never gonna do this kind of thing you know what no, i mean you, you can't no. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and, and the business side as well, you can't, there's no way. Um, I know. going back to your, the weed thing, I had a buddy who like talk about different physiologies. Like he would smoke weed and go to the gym and he would be like, I can zero in on the muscle, <laughs> 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 you know? And I, and for him, it like worked like a charm, but for me, I would have, I wouldn't have been able to make it out the front door, you know? Right. Right. But, uh, no, I that, know. It's interesting. You know, it I, is interesting. I I know some people like me that, that use it for creative purposes and then, you know, other people uh, doesn't work for them at all for a number of reasons. So um, I could do that with alcohol. Alcohol was my weed. I could, I could get in the creative mindset like no other when I was drinking, but, oh, yeah. but it also has that dark turn where you, that's you true. Can't focus I, I know anymore. people like that as well, but yeah. you know, for me, I, I, I've never been a problem drinker. I'll, I'll have a glass of wine or two or a beer occasionally yeah. or with dinner but i never really drink and do art you know that it yeah. didn't work for me that way it's more for like relaxing and having a conversation you know what yes. i mean yes for so. sure yeah no i get that too well let me ask you one more 
and then we'll we'll kind of get this going, get, let you get on with your day. Let's do this. Advice to uh, young Mike. Any age. Oh, with all your wisdom tell? now. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of regrets and I, my path was my path and I kind of stuck to my path. Like I told you earlier, let's see what advice, I guess don't take crazy chances, like go cliff diving, (laughs) (laughs) stuff like that. As a young artist, you know, I, I guess I did what I should have done or wanted to do. So I'm not sure. No regrets. Yeah. For example, did you have any fears or or anything? Did you take things too seriously? Did you did you get anxiety? Did you whatever? Was there something that you think you could have tweaked to to make it better, or, or are you just happy with the path? One hundred percent. Let me think. What could have I done differently? I mean, we could all do a lot of things differently. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, everything's like a circumstance of uh, time and um, opportunity, and Luckily, I was uh, aware of um, opportunities. And yeah. so I, I was always like that in terms of um, seeing doors that, you know. But I guess if I could give myself advice, slow down and take a better look at opportunities that present themselves. Mm. Maybe I missed some things or maybe I um, tried to rush. I think that might have been something yeah. I would have said. Uh, slow down. and. Um, analyze what you're doing and i know what else i would say i would say don't waste your time trying to keep everybody happy oh my god perfect that's like what my problem has been all my life is like always trying to say yes to everybody and people please always trying to keep everybody happy. that's the motto of my company happy life productions the subtitles keeping you happy (laughs) (laughs) you gotta live up to your you gotta live up to your name Hey, right. But you know what? I, you can get dragged down roads you don't want to get dragged down. You can waste a lot of time. You can bark up the wrong tree. You can get ripped off. You can have bad experiences. And we all have to, you know, explore our, our options. But um, but I think if you're too eager to say yes to everything, it's going to get you in trouble. And that so that's the advice for my younger self. I you know? love it. I love yeah. it. That is perfect advice. Mm-hmm. And something I could have used myself as a people pleaser, as a reformed people pleaser. Yeah. You know, if I'm somewhere and I'll always try to give somebody, you know, respect in a conversation. But, you know, somebody, some people want to just trap you and talk for, you know, you know, hours on end. And you got another agenda or something to do. You know what I mean? Not yeah, right now, you and me. But No, no, no. In a, ga- you know like in a gallery saying? situation. Yeah, you can get cornered. And they can monopolize all your time. And you're like, I got to talk to this person. I got to talk to this person. Yeah. And I, I they want to tell you all about, oh, man, you know, 10 years ago, I could have done this. You should have seen what <laughs> I was doing. They want to tell you their oh, whole life man. story, you know? Horrible. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I know. I, I can't. I have a hard time saying no and getting out of those situations myself. So. Oh, you know what I do Great now? Advice. Like, I know some people that come around my gallery because I'm not always there, but I do go there on Saturdays and other times, and some of these people I know are like this, I'll run in the back and hide. I'm like, tell me when they're gone. <laughs> no. That's because perfect. I know what's going to happen, you know? That's so perfect. I know. it's We got to come up with some sort of defense, like in person, when you're standing right there looking at the person. You got to come up with that. Like, uh, I don't know if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, 
but um, yeah he does yeah. like uh he does the thing where he says the big goodbye you know where he like right. he will avoid somebody the whole night and then at the very end he'll come and like i give him the big the big goodbye you know and, hey I did, i'm sorry i didn't get a chance to talk to you <laughs> so, <laughs> uh so right. some, something right. like that might work but mike might, yeah sometimes you, i just sneak out the back door and don't even say goodbye oh see there you go you know uh, at a public the, thing. the big farewell right <laughs> well i guess i should ask before we sum up is there anything you want to leave us with or do you feel pretty good about what we talked about good good yeah i'm, cool. I'm happy we got a chance to talk and um, me too and thank you for the opportunity for sure thanks for making time and for sharing your story and everybody listening check out mike's stuff it's uh, at mike dubois and you said mike dubois.net correct mike dubois.net yeah yeah, mm-hmm. check all that. And then Happy Life. Uh, is it Happy Life Productions or is it just Happy Life? Productions.com. Yeah. Happy Life Productions.com. Uh, and we're having a really out. cool poster show. And um, you can check it out on, on the BearsvilleCenter.com. It's not, it, it hasn't been publicized yet, but uh, it's a project I'm working on right now um, to bring rock art and music poster artists together for two days, May 14th and 15th of this year coming nice up. that's um, the one you were telling me about mm-hmm. checking out cool yeah. and you said bears bearsville uh bearsville yeah bearsvillecenter.com cool mm-hmm. we'll check it out and um stick around for a minute because i want to ask you a question off uh interview but uh, okay. thanks so much mike it's been really fun all right take care man all right you too this has been the living artist podcast thank you so much for listening I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.